Kent Online News. News you can trust. This is the Kent Online Podcast. Nicola Everett. Hello, hope you're okay on Monday, May the 17th. Thanks ever so much for downloading today's podcast. It is a really big day in the easing of coronavirus lockdown restrictions. For the first time in well over a year, we're able to meet in other people's homes and dine in at pubs and restaurants. Firstly then, a reminder of what's changing. Well, the rule of six or two households moves inside, while you can now meet up to 30 people outdoors. All hospitality can reopen and serve meals and drinks inside as well as outside. You can go and watch a film at a cinema again, take the children to a soft play centre, oh, and you can hug someone outside of your household or support bubble, although there is a warning to be cautious with that one. The number allowed at a wedding increases to 30 and more can go to few funerals too. Up to a thousand people can go to indoor sporting events and theatres can open their doors once again. Outdoor arenas will be allowed to have up to 4,000 people attending an event. It can also travel abroad on holiday, but only to a few specific countries on the government's green list. Well, let's take a whistle-stop tour around the county to hear from those who are back open again today. First, it's Andrew Moody, who is the owner of Adventure Kids Soft Play Centre in Aylesford. They're completely sold out out for their opening day today but say the last year has been tough. We had six weeks um, in back end of September through to October um, but the rest of the time as we have been completely closed which has been a really really big financial strain on us. Um, we have had some government help um, but obviously the help that is given doesn't always cover what's required. Without the government help we most probably wouldn't have survived so we are grateful for what the government have done and obviously for our resources we have within our business to have um, been able to keep going over the closed period so we're able to open again. It's going to be a bit of a shock for them actually because um, their interaction they would have had would have only been with their parents and siblings at home because obviously being in lockdown. So to come into a place now where there's going to be lots of adults, lots of children all having fun, I think they're going to be quite shocked and probably a little bit sort of set back in their ways. But hopefully um, after being here for a short period of time they'll get back into their happy ways and obviously enjoying what they can do here and having lots of fun. What I can turn around and say that you may be apprehensive, but please come and give us a try, purely and simply because you will be very surprised in what we have done, the efforts that we've put in to make sure that we continue to run our business and keep all of our customers safe. On to Ashford now, and our reporter Charlie's been chatting with Damiano Vecchio, who's the owner of Unita 4 Restaurant at Elwick Place. They'll be welcoming customers inside for the first time since opening in April. Of course, we were looking forward for it. You know, we've been you know, trading under, under the rain <laughs> the last few weeks. So, yeah, we're really excited for that and we're looking forward to, you know, to welcome people. And how's it been setting up here in the place? Yeah, I mean, we, yeah, we, we had some challenges, you know. Uh, yeah, we had some delay as well on, the, you know, on builders' work. Uh, but, you know, again, you know. And I understand as well you've been trading out the terrace, is that right? Or yeah, yeah, we did about 25, 30 sittings mm. under the umbrellas, so it was a bit tough because the weather didn't really help. Mm. So you know, it's going to be a big, a big deal? Yeah, we, we got already quite a lot of bookings this week, so which is, you know, makes us happy, so people looking forward for it, I think. Mark Stubbs is the head chef at Wheeler's Oyster Bar in Whitstable. They've changed their business model over the past year, so have decided not to reopen as a restaurant just yet. We're wondering with the staycations that are we're being told are already pre-booked um, or fully booked, you know, um, around this area. Some of them don't have cooking facilities, so we're getting them coming into the shop and saying, well, 
this is a great idea. We can get our picnic boxes cooked to order. It's like going to a restaurant. We can either take it home or we can go to the beach, you know. Um, but I think we're going to hit a bigger audience this year doing what we're doing. Um, and I think we've got to do what's right for the business at the moment kind of thing. So, but if it doesn't work out that way, then we just go back to being the restaurant the way we were. Did you ever think it, I mean, you couldn't have thought in your wildest dreams that you would end up doing something like that. Is, I, I guess if it hadn't been for the pandemic, you wouldn't have changed. No, no, no. At all. And then and obviously the, then the business model had to change again because when September came and the weather, September and October come and the weather started to change, people didn't want to go and sit on the beach and rightly so. So obviously then the dine at home became a new concept and that's done really well that's done really well you know people and people have been when i say it's been done really well it's a lot of return custom it's the same customers you know which tells you about you're maintaining a standard um a quality um and so yeah and that's it's, it's been it's been successful it's not mind-blowing but it's kept us afloat and as i say you're you're so well known on the high street you're so popular people don't want to to miss out do they on on, on the favorite food no. that they would have had for years and years yeah you know i mean and it's like our shop front you know is has got to be the one of the most iconic uh, most photographed shop fronts in the t in the town um and you know when people you know sometimes they stop what's more important to have their photograph done or come in and get their little pot of cockles kind of thing. So we have, it's, it's a very, you know, it's, it's, it's weird how people look at your building. You know, you have people walk past and go, Oh, that's the famous fish bar. That's the famous fish bar, you know? Um, but we, for us, it's just a normal day. It's like you going to work for us. That's what we do. Jonathan Neem is the chief exec of Faversham-based brewers Shepherd Neem, which is able to fully reopen all of its pubs across the county. Well, it's a really uh, important step, another very important part on the roadmap. Uh, of course, we have been open uh, in gardens, but only for the hardy uh, who have been out there. It's pretty poor weather. So this is a really important day. Uh, by the end of this week, we should have 95% of our pubs open. It is, of course, still some way off what a normal pub will be. Many pubs rely on bar service, uh, music, et cetera, et cetera. And uh, we're not there yet. Uh, we just hope we'll get there on June 21st. No doubt com companies like ourselves have taken a very significant financial hit. Uh, everyone across the sector has. Um, billions and billions of revenue uh, ha have been lost. Um, in the last month, we've traded above expectations so more outlets have been open and they've traded slightly better than they had hoped in spite, as I say, of the inclement weather. Um, so if we continue to go on the, on the roadmap, but we sincerely hope we will, um, we, we firmly hope for a great British summer. Um, it's going to be very difficult for people to travel overseas. I, I suspect that's now uh, receding that opportunity. And therefore, we hope that people will stay in their local area, that they will support their local pub, they will support their local restaurant, and overall put money back into the, into the British economy. If that happens, uh, then you know, we're very optimistic that we can recover uh, all of the losses, which have been significant uh, within a 12-month period. A trip to the coast now, and the Royal Pavilion Weatherspoon in Ramsgate is able to open its vast indoor bar area. Manager Chris Whitburn has been chatting to our reporter, Jerry. Definitely miss having that buzz and the atmosphere that you always get when you first walk into a pub. Obviously, we've been very happy to have been open for the last five weeks, having the outside only. But with the inside reopening, we we're able to double our capacity, uh, welcome back more regulars, more people, and bring back more of our staff and recruit more staff going into the busy summer season, we hope. And uh, you're expecting seeing the biggest difference in the evenings, I imagine? 
Yeah, definitely. We um, definitely saw that after the last lockdown. There's a lot of people that are going back to work now um, and obviously have their, their income guaranteed, which is a good thing. Um, so a lot of people catched up in the evenings with their friends and family that they haven't seen for a long time. We're looking forward to seeing them. Now, your customers obviously be enjoying the lovely terrace here. Um, but of course the weather's been a bit challenging just lately for that, so probably welcome to get back indoors. Oh, a bit hit and miss, yeah. Um, the thing we've always had in the past is that if the weather does turn, people can come inside and sit inside. Uh, obviously when it's been uh, very bad with the rain as it has been the last few days, uh, we've not obviously been able to let as many people in where it's open outside. So obviously it gives people the opportunity to stay in the pub or you know, have somewhere they can go when the weather is not so good. And finally, a stay at a hotel is possible again. And Daniel Sanguiseppi is director at Best Western Plus, the Burlington in Folkestone. First time we've got a customer um, since the original lockdown in November. So we are excited. We are hoping that uh, we remember everything. It's been a long time. So we've been having some training sessions behind the scenes over the last couple of weeks. Obviously, it's been manic getting the getting the hotel back up and stocked up and ready and cleaned and uh, getting making sure everything's working in, in, in full working order but as i say in general yeah the staff are really looking forward to actually dealing with customers again and welcoming them back and uh, and excited to uh, to to be able to actually uh, yeah be be out of the house and see have contact with other people albeit still in a safe safe environment but um, being able to, to socialise again as well in, in, back at work. How much um, would you say has the last sort of, well, more than a year now, um, been a struggle? I mean, did you ever think, this is it, we might not reopen? Mm. So there's two elements, I think, to what we've gone through. One is the financial impact, which, of course, it has been crippling, especially for businesses of our size, our, what are deemed to be the larger um, venues mm. so a hotel of our size which actually has big expenditure just on the upkeep um, of the building the um, yeah we have really really suffered financially even with all the schemes in place from the government the furlough and the grants and everything else in place it really hasn't touched the sides as far as the uh, the losses that we've incurred so from that point of view hasn't been great big big knockback and as you say it does make you sort of wonder at one point you know can we actually afford um to, to carry on um having to incur more debt we're just going to be working harder and longer mm. uh, to have to repay it back um so from that point of view, it has been it has been tough. It's been difficult. We the way that we've looked at it is that we've been here so long already. We're well established. We've got a good product, and we are confident in in what we have to offer, but also in the location. Meantime, a casting circuit in Kent that had faced an uncertain future is going to reopen next month. Buckmore Park in Chatham is famous for helping kickstart the careers of Jensen Button and Lewis Hamilton, but has been closed for most of the past year because of the pandemic. At one point, it was feared they would never reopen after a planning bid was turned down. But bosses say they will start taking bookings again from June the 1st. Co-owner Rich Martel joins me now on the podcast. And Rich, you must be delighted. Yes, of course. So we've just announced that we will be reopening uh, Butmore Park after having been closed for well over 250 days uh, in the last year due to the pandemic and we've announced that we'll be reopening at the end of June. We haven't actually announced the exact date yet um, just because we've got to finalise a few things and uh, we've got fingers crossed that the full restrictions will be lifted at the end of June um, but we will be uh, yeah, excited to welcome people back uh, for what has seemed like a very long time.
The future was very, very uncertain last time we spoke. How have we ended up in this position now where everything's looking a lot brighter? So a lot of a lot of hard work behind the scenes has gone on. We were we, the last time we had people out on the circuit was at the end of uh, October. Can you believe it? And obviously, with, without having revenue for such a long time, it put a huge financial strain on on the business. Um, we had looked at looking at other revenue opportunities. We were tempted to uh, rent out our overflow car park, and we applied for planning permission for that. And unfortunately, we weren't able to uh, to get that and that was the point where things looked really bad we didn't know how long we were going to be shut for um, and it felt like a real last ditch uh, effort but behind the scenes i've been working with um, my other directors and uh, to, to to get some financing to reopen we, we actually have a uh, a loan with one of the banks and um, we've got ourselves in a position that we can reopen and we're We've got all our fingers crossed that we can stick to that plan. Dan Wright is one of our news editors and a huge motorsport fan. You must be pleased, Dan. It's great news, not just for karting fans who love going to Butmore, but also for Kent in general, I would say, because when the circuit holds big events, and it used to in previous years up until 2017, then it really does draw a lot of people into the area. And that can only be a boost to the county because when you think of it, there's only three karting circuits in Kent, Lid on the Romney Marsh, Bayford Meadows in Sittingbourne and Buckmore at the top of Bluebell Hill, south of Chatham. And those three circuits really important not just to the karting industry but to people coming into the county as well and to see Butmore due to reopen at the end of next month is a, an excellent thing. And for anyone who hasn't raced there before what's it like? It really is an excellent experience because you get to go on the 1200 meter long circuit with all of the undulations thrown in as well. A lot of kart tracks are built on former RAF bases and Butmore is nothing like that. It's really fast and sweeping and the, the downhill section is really exciting and you really are holding on to even the, the corporate carts that anyone can go along and drive. So yeah, I really would recommend it and hopefully lots of people can make use of it when it does reopen. Plenty of good news there then, but despite lockdown restrictions easing further across Kent today, the podcast has been told that the wedding industry will take years to recover. The number of people allowed at a ceremony, as I mentioned earlier, has increased from 15 to 30, but receptions are still restricted to just meals. I've been catching up with Blessing Enakimio, who's a wedding planner based in Ashford. Those were postponed from last year to this year. A lot of them have decided, well, I'm just going to go on because I don't know if if to postpone again, if there's any point. So a few people have carried on with the 15, very limited um, numbers, and it's been outside. So again, you're lucky if the day, if the weather is good. So a few people have gone ahead. Some have postponed, but more so cancelled. You know, there's been a lot more cancellations than there were last year. A lot of people have moved to 2022. And with it changing to 30 people, do you think that's going to change anything as far as people going ahead with their ceremonies are concerned? I, I think those who have postponed to have it for then, you know, from next week, they then have the decision to either carry on with 30 guests or again, cancel or postpone. Um, I don't think 
it's going to change much for us, 15 to 30. You know, yes, a few more people, but you still really can't have the disco. It's not, it's not what it's supposed to be, so to speak. So I don't think it will make much of a difference. For me personally, it's not making much of a difference for me with my bookings. And obviously this has been ongoing since March last year, well over a year now, and you're not going to get yeah. back to any kind of normality until maybe June, depending yeah. on social distancing and things like that. How do you feel the wedding industry has kind of been viewed throughout this whole time? It's sad, but a lot of people I know in the sector have quit, you know, um, because it's just not sustainable. You, you, there's, not, there's not much help out there to, to cover up for the loss of income that I've had, that others have had. So a lot of people have quit and, and are moving on to other things. Um, even come next year, this time next year, I don't think we'll, be, we'll still be, we'll be recovered. There's no possible way we would be. You know, I feel sorry for um, venues who've got the huge overheads, um, of maintaining their venues through the, through all of this, you know. So even though we go back, hopefully, come June, it's not the same because brides and grooms have lost confidence, to be honest, because they're not sure if it's going to go ahead. Those who definitely want the larger weddings have all moved it to, to 2022, you know, later on in the year in 2022, because they're not sure there's going to be another lockdown. So I think for us, the impact is still ongoing. Who knows, maybe the next two, three years. Again, wedding fairs haven't been able to take place, so we haven't got new bookings. You know, so the impacts, I think, for the next three years, we'll, we'll still be feeling the pinch. Kent Online News. Some other top stories today, and a man accused of murdering a 43-year-old in Dartford has made his first appearance at Crown Court. Robert Williamson died from shotgun wounds at a house in the town last week. David Hucker, who's 69 and from Dartford Road, is due to enter pleas next month, and a provisional trial date has been set for December. He was remanded in custody. A Kent court's heard how a man was forced to come out of retirement after his own son stole his life savings to fund his gambling addiction. Peter Simmons posed as a fake investment banker to defraud his dad of nearly £400,000. The 27-year-old from High Street in Manston made 597 bank transfers from his dad's account between June 2015 and October 2018. He's been jailed for 42 months. More than 300 people have been intercepted while crossing the Channel to Kent in small boats over the weekend. UK Border Force officers dealt with eight vessels containing 164 asylum seekers. French authorities also stopped nine boats with 143 refugees from making the dangerous journey. The Archbishop of Canterbury has condemned anti-Semitic abuse in the UK following the conflict between Israel and Palestine. A video shows insults being shouted from a car in North London and an assistant rabbi has been attacked in Chigwell in Essex. Justin Welby says there's no excuse for the hatred and it won't bring an end to violence in the Middle East. Yanif Voller is an expert in Middle Eastern politics based at the University of Kent. He's been telling us it's important we understand what's happening. Citizens, we also have the responsibility to try and lobby our government to take action on what we think is crucial. So, even if you live in Kent, which is obviously quite far away from Israel, taking action that would lead to the de escalation of violence is, is always crucial. Kent Online reports. The head of one of Kent's biggest secondary schools says they need a new £1.5 million building to keep it from bursting at the seams. Herne Bay High's principal says a bespoke sixth form block would help meet soaring demands for places. Kent County Council want to expand the school's capacity by 45 pupils in eight years' time because of new housing developments built in the area.
Seven people have been arrested after police uncovered a cannabis farm in Herne Bay. Officers were called to Canterbury Road on Saturday after people were seen loading plants into two cars. They found more than 200 growing in-house and detained six men and a woman. They're all still in custody. And more than 60 vehicles have been stopped and four people arrested during a police operation at the Dartford Crossing. Officers were carrying out road safety checks at the end of last week. Suspected offences include drug driving, theft, having no insurance and failing to wear a seatbelt. Kent Online Sport. Well, it's not just the hospitality industry that can reopen its doors today. Also, sports arenas, as I mentioned a little bit earlier on. So let's catch up with our sports reporter, Luke Cordell, on what fact fans in Kent can look forward to. It is a big week for uh, sports fans in Kent who have missed their stadium sports. Um, it's going to be great to to see fans back at places like the Spitfire Ground uh, in Canterbury cheering Kent on. And I th- blimey, I think they need it as well, don't they? They've not won a championship game yet, but um, they host Glamorgan this week, starting on Thursday. Um, but if you're not a member, you're not, you're not got any chance of getting a ticket, I think... Um, it's members only and it's a ballot up to 950 fans each for each of the four days for the match against Glamorgan um, but um, they're going to enjoy themselves watching some live cricket again at St Lawrence um, so there's Brands Hatch's back open as well for fans that there has been racing previously without fans but uh, they'll definitely welcome those spectators back up to 4,000 at the Kent Circuit for the British GT Championship that takes place where the actual racing takes place on Sunday as a British F3 Championship race as well. But there's plenty of activity all weekend. I think there's even a fun fair there as well to keep kids entertained. Kids are generally admitted free as well. But um, yeah, the Speedway this week, Speedway at Sittingbourne, Central Park. Um, they've been waiting some time, the Kent Kings, to to get their season going in the, the second tier. It's the first time that they've been in the second tier, the Speedway. And um, last year's, Action was completely cancelled because of COVID, so they've been they've been waiting some time, and it's a bit of a baptism of fire as well. They're they're up against Leicester Lions this Tuesday for their first fixture of the championship season, um. So that's a good one to look forward to. Um, there's greyhound racing as well. People, if you enjoy watching the dogs, you can go to Crayford this week, and Sittingbourne have got their racing for spectators back on the way on Sunday. Um, I think for both you've got to book a meal as well so uh, you can sit in the restaurant and watch the action take place um, anyone that's interested in your football as well there's some football matches taking place this week a few of the teams in the Southern Counties East Football League have got together and they're, they're having a friendly tournament and um, there's games at um, at Chatham Town on Tuesday um, and there's also a game at Rochester United there's um, there's five teams competing in this tournament there's Sheppey, Rochester, Chatham, Punjab and Lordswood all hoping to get their hands on the uh, the post-lockdown tournament cup. Um, and I think that concludes uh, June 22nd, I think the, the final for that is. Um, so at least that's a bit of action for, for spectators and um, for those clubs a chance to get a, a few pound as well into the sort of coffers with, with people coming through the turnstiles. Uh, the Kent FA have got some of their Kent County Cup finals on the way as well. These are these are finals from the 2019-20 season that have yet to be played. The first of those is um, Whitstable and Lordswood Reserves are playing on Wednesday night in the Kent Intermediate Cup and there's a couple more finals at Maidstone on Saturday as well. So there is there is things to, to watch. You can get out there, back into a stadium, see a bit of sport 
Um, we've got a list of what's going on on the website, including links to the tickets. In most of these events, you've got to get a ticket pre-booked um, just to guarantee your, your place. Specifically, I think Brandsatch have said that they're expecting most of their major events to be at capacity, so definitely worth booking in advance. And um, I think having seen the fans at the FA Cup final, um, that certainly whetted the appetite for what's what's ahead. So uh, if you do go out there, I'll enjoy yourselves. On to cricket, and Kent's women have been crowned Southeast champions of this year's County T20 tournament. They finished the season unbeaten after winning all six completed matches. Canterbury Christchurch Uni have also agreed to continue sponsoring the team. Kent's men have had to settle for a draw in their latest county championship game against Sussex. Rain affected play at Hove over the weekend as Jack Leaning scored an unbeaten century. After six matches, as Luke mentioned, Kent are still waiting for their first win of the season. They welcome Glamorgan to Canterbury on Thursday. And former Kent and England cricketer Alan Igglesden has completed a charity challenge despite receiving end-of-life care. The 56-year-old suffered two major strokes and has a growing brain tumour. He managed to finish the Professional Cricketers Trust 5k May over the weekend on his mobility scooter. That's all for today. Thanks ever so much for listening. Don't forget to follow us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram for all breaking news. Plus, you can subscribe to the IM News app, which will give you access to all KM Group newspapers. Just head to subsaver.co.uk. News you can trust. This is the Kent Online Podcast.